Hey everybody, this is Jared and Mike coming at you with Unaffiliated Politics. In today's episode, we're going to be taking a deep dive into the Las Vegas shooting and then also into the uh, protests going on around the United States today. To kind of get the ball rolling on the shooting, on October 1st, 2017, uh, Stephen Paddock opened up into a crowd of concert goers from his hotel room, murdering 59 people and injuring 527. He has 23 firearms with a scope, a tripod, and a bump stock for these weapon systems. And he also, his motive is currently unknown. God, it's a... It's an awful tragedy. I can't imagine 59 people, 59 families that's just devastated uh, right now. Mike, uh, how does this one hit you, brother? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, just absolutely reeling from it. You know, I, I lost a loved one recently, and it was sudden, and just you have that shock. It's so senseless, and I, I, I truly understand what these families are going through right now and just trying to put it into words. I mean, just how senseless something like this is. There are no words that can help them overcome their grief. It's just something that they'll grow accustomed to carrying over time, unfortunately. But my issue with this is, you know, without politicizing it or, or anything like that, we need to have honest dialogue about these types of mass shootings. Uh, they seem to occur a few times every year on this scale, but, you know, hundreds of times a year you see it on a, a mass shooting is classified as when there are four or more victims at any given time. This happens hundreds of times a year in the United States. And for some reason, there's this, like, we shouldn't talk about it. We shouldn't we shouldn't talk about any any type of legislation, any type of going over the numbers and trying to figure out how can we be better at this? How can we as a nation kind of rally around this and prevent families from having to feel this way again? I don't understand why people get so hostile on the issue before even discussing the issue. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of hostility on it. Uh, before we go into the guns themselves, I just want to say something quick on the hostility. And I actually wasn't even sure if I was going to tell this story or not, because, you know, it might be a little bit of a window into my soul. <laughs> but I think that I'm not the only one who has this experience. And this is, I'm going to come out and tell you guys about it, because I think everybody's been going through this lately. Every time that there's one of these incidents, and when it originally happened, and I heard what all that stuff, I was worried. And I hoped that it wasn't a vet. And I especially hoped that it wasn't a Marine. And I will admit it, I was relieved when I found out that he had no prior military service. And I think it's sad that, that that's the way I felt. And it's just that these tragedies get weaponized uh, just just viciously and quickly uh, by both sides. Uh, definitely not just the uh, liberals doing it, but I think I, I imagine that I'm not the only one in that position that, you know, when it came out that it was this person or wasn't this kind of person, you know, a lot of people either went, oh, no, or, you know, breathed a sigh of relief uh, because they knew that they were either in the crosshairs or, you know, their group was out of the crosshairs. So I just thought, you know, I was going to say something about it because I don't think I'm the only one who thought that way. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, there was that holding period. Everyone, is he a Muslim terrorist? Is he this? Is he that? No, he's probably a middle-aged white guy, which in this case, it turned out to be it. But every group is, is jockeying and angling for a position in this crappy mass shooting lottery where it's, you know, who was it? Who did it? And it's it, it's a strange way to think and feel. And I think part of that is is the frequency in which this happens. It, it's, I don't know how I want to say we become desensitized to it. I mean, I think people are really sensitive to it. People are hurting over it, but 
it just happens so often in this country that everyone just has this quick, you know, it's probably this grouper, it's probably that grouper. Thank goodness it wasn't my guy. I mean, it's it's just a weird phenomenon. Yeah. And and I also think there's a there's a bit of, you know, last time and and you know the last bad one was um I don't remember his name, but it was a a Muslim individual doing a mass shooting in a gay bar in Florida, and I think a lot of people look back on that and they see, you know, white people kind of spouting off at the mouth and you know, saying all kinds of nasty stuff. And then, you know, they think it's justice time and they go and then they do it. And it's just this cycle that gets worse and worse every time, you know, trying to act like it's a reflection of a group of people. And it's, it's not. <laughs> no, it's, it's really not. It takes a, a really a deranged kind of person to carry out an attack like that. I mean, it's like, like I said, I'm, I'm beyond words for it to describe the psychology of it. It's, it's baffling to me. Yeah, absolutely. But I just thought, you know, say something about it because i i've never heard anybody say anything about it and and this is my platform so i thought you know before we get into guns then let's let's go ahead and say it because i think everybody's thinking it everybody in america's thinking it at this point i i hope it wasn't one of mine i hope it wasn't one of mine and that's sad because because it's not it's not a reflection of you you know <laughs> it's not a reflection of me it's not a reflection of any of us I, you know it's uh it's a reflection of of, of psychos you know so into the guns themselves. Uh, do you want to go into the guns first, or you want to talk a little bit about the case itself? Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the case because some people aren't necessarily familiar with the equipment or necessarily what was used. And to be honest, in talking about this, and we went over it a lot, especially when it first happened, I was a little unsure too how something like this could happen, how guns work in in that sort of sense or that sort of event. We did have some dialogue on that, and I just kind of want to share it with everybody. First of all, what was the first thing we looked at? Was that crank device that was used to shoot? Yeah, it was a crank. It was a trigger crack, and uh, you can install it into the uh, bolt housing group of a weapon, and it turns it fully automatic. Now, that's not what he used, but that is something available that, um, you know, it's just it's just out there. There's some other ones, too. There's a glove that's made specifically. It's uh, got a thing on it, so it pulls the trigger super quick kind of silly looking but you know it, it has the same effect to turn it something semi-automatic into fully automatic but what he used was a uh, bump stock and basically the way a, a bump stock works and and i've never i've never interacted with one of these we didn't have them in the marine corps you know i've just i've never even been around one but basically what it does is you when you fire around there's an explosion in the chamber of where the the primer gets hit and it shoots the the round out and that usually does a kickback, but in a M16 sort of weapon system, what they do is they use that kinetic energy to reload the round. What this does instead, though, is it takes that energy and pops it back against your shoulder, and then your shoulder bumps it back forward. You keep your finger in the same spot, and it mimics a fully automatic weapon. Pretty crazy, that that that's something that is out there but that's that's basically how it works to my understanding and these are modifications essentially that you can buy when we had researched the crank well first of all when we first started talking about it you were in shock at how he could have fired so many rounds in such a short amount of time i mean initially i think your thought process to me was somebody must have been feeding him rounds and 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 doing that the other thing is we came across that gun crank as well which we found you could find for 30 or 40 dollars online just about anywhere and now it's evolved into bump stocks. But, I mean, the, these are things that are readily available. So even with a ban on automatic weapons, you still can't prevent things like this. You know, you can turn a semi-automatic essentially into an automatic weapon. and Yeah. <laughs> rather easily. 
Well, I think, I mean, it's not easy. And these modifiers, I mean, the NRA, I'm standing with the NRA when I say that we need to take a second look at these things that modify these weapon systems. And that's that's for a lot of reasons, not just because of the mass shooting aspect, although that's part of it. I mean, I've never, I'm not necessarily against the U.S. machine gun policy, but I've never been like, man, I wish more people had access to these. And I think it, these make it a little bit too readily available. And uh, and the like I said, the NRA agreed with me that we need to need to take a second look at these things and any kind of modification to a weapon system because, you know, it just seems like the sky's the limit. Well, safety, safety first and foremost. And I will say this, uh, you know, as a liberal, I had some bias towards guns and I, I definitely had a strong bias towards guns. I said I'd never shoot one. I'd never do this. I had a buddy in California take me out to a range and he really taught me proper firearm safety and he was just very adamant and he walked me through all the steps. I shot everything from a 22 all the way down to a 45. I had a really good time and uh, it really shed a lot of my personal bias with guns. I, I realized that there is, you know, a, a really responsible, like the, the way that he was coaching me through it and the, the things that he was saying and j- just the way that he went through it. And I can identify with that and I could see I can't believe I'm saying it, but I can see where the NRA is coming from in a stance, maybe not necessarily against mods, but we need to have a look at them because that kind of ruins that safety. There are plenty of Americans in this country who use guns and use them responsibly. We're not we're not talking about them when we talk about these kind of issues. Well, they're just not. It's not a safe practice to be modifying your weapon in those in these ways. I mean, um, and, and it seems like the sky's the limit for it as well. I mean, once you start taking the thing apart and putting it back together, I mean, you could turn it, any weapon system into any other weapon system, you know? Um, you know, it's not that different, but, but I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable saying that we, we definitely need to take a second look at that. I mean, I wouldn't want a retroactive ban on them, but I would be, I would be fine saying that you, you know, we can't be selling these anymore. Uh, but one of the things that I worry about is, is how easy is it to 3d print something like this? I've seen YouTube videos where they have entire weapon systems almost that are completely 3d printed. I mean, are we, you think we're moving into a world where... You know, it's unregulatable. Uh, Regulatable, is that a word? I'm going to let you slide on it because I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> if I called you out for every uh, for every mispronunciation, uh, we'd never get any talking done. So I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jared, Jared is. That's, that's the perfect way to describe them. No, we are moving into a 3D yeah. printing era. I mean, we've seen entire homes built on 3D printing pretty cheaply. I, I'm sure you'll have blueprints and things like that. I mean, you can't keep everything a secret forever. So, I mean, eventually you will start to see these things. But, I mean, the technology is not there right away. Do you know a single person with a 3D printer? No, but I've thought about getting one. <laughs> I get it. I get it. And, you know, this guy was a millionaire, so I'm sure if he wanted a 3D printer, he could have gotten one. And it, I, I understand that notion. You know, bad people always get things that they want. Yeah, I, I guess. But, you know, it, the answer still can't be to do nothing. Maybe we're in an era in five, ten years where we have to reassess because 3D printing is a, is a reality. Uh, but if this was something that you could enact tomorrow, I mean, I, I don't have an issue with it. Yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead and do our first past judgment of the day for weapons modifiers that turn these weapons into fully automatics we both agree ban them right yeah i mean what what need do you have for them i guess i mean that's my thing you know to defend against tyranny to defend against the government i hate to tell you guys you you stand zero zero chance against the u.s government if they want to kick down your door if you're shooting intruders and trying to defend your home you're probably not going to go with an automatic weapon you could hit your dog your children your loved ones that's probably not the weapon of choice either you know usually a pistol or a rifle or something like that would be your first choice so i mean i don't see what viable place you have for automatic weapons now i don't have an issue let's say you wanted to have them and have them at a range right maybe you want to use these modifiers 
but you use them safely. They're locked up at a range. You have uh, some sort of uh, way to supervise it and make sure that, that they're being used responsibly and can't easily be checked out. I mean, I guess I'd be fine with that. I mean, if you absolutely had to have them, uh, you have people who are sport shooters and, and I, I respect that. And going out and shooting, I, I see some fun and some sport in it as well. So um, I'm not saying you have to ban them never to be used again. I mean, you could keep them at a range. What do you need it in your home for? I guess is my question. Yeah, yeah. And as conservatives, I think that we need to be reasonable about it. I mean, um, like I said, this this is an issue that we'd get beat up on if we really tried to stand up and say, come on, you know. Uh, I mean, it's just a, a weapon modification. There's there's no reason for it. They didn't even exist 10 years ago. <laughs> um, so, you know, I don't, I don't think that the Second Amendment is really losing uh, a lot of its steam by us saying, okay that's enough we don't we don't need that um and if we did if we did force them to really take it away from us i think that uh you know that's an issue that's going to come up later and people will say well you know you can't be rational about it you know we tried to be rational i don't know this is this is one that that the the modifications definitely hit me sideways but what we originally thought though is i didn't even think that the modifications were a thing and I heard those those uh, those bursts, and I thought that he must have a fully automatic weapon. And we had some interesting dialogue on that. So um, go ahead and take away uh, on the machine guns themselves, not the modifications, but the real machine gun weapon system. You know, I mean, you, you're better equipped to talk about how the system works. I can tell you I've never seen or held a machine gun. Uh, we initially thought that it was something belt-fed, is what you had explained to me. Uh, it was about the only way you could think the rate of fire was. And we talked through a range of motion on that sort of thing. And again, I'm just I'm I'm asking why you need the machine gun in the home. That's all I'm asking. Uh, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a rifle, and I'm not saying people always bring it to a slippery slope argument. If you take the machine gun, you'll take this, you'll take that. Uh, what do you need a fully automatic weapon for? I just I, I I have to know. I mean, we've had the machine gun banned for years, and uh, you know I, I don't think it was a detriment to gun owners. I just I I again I don't understand it. I guess I wish I had more words for it and I don't want to sound like the guy who's just like I don't understand it so take it away I'm not saying take it away again I wouldn't retroact any policy I wouldn't do anything like that I just from this day forward you can't have modifications on weapons and same thing like I wouldn't repeal the machine gun ban I, I just don't see the 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 functionality of it outside of sport and I told you I'm fine if you have it for sport take it to a range have it in a spot that's locked up have it registered and and who cares I don't care that's what you like to do you go to a gun range shoot competition shooting do it i mean it's fun if i could fire one i'd fire one but i would never keep one in my home yeah and that's fair i think um machine guns hit me a little bit differently the actual medium machine gun weapon system the legislation on the books right now with the uh national firearm act basically says that there are you know extensive background checks on these weapon systems there's a lot of taxes that you have to pay if you wanted to come to ownership of it there's a long waiting list there's a government registry and you can't buy a machine gun that was made after May 19th, 1986. Uh, it's even illegal, illegal to re- refurbish these weapon systems or get replacement parts for these weapon systems. And to me, you know, I honestly, I think that's probably enough. It's easy to say that nobody should have a machine gun, but, you know, you can't just snap your finger and make them all go away. You know, they're here. They're in the hands of people. So what are you going to do? Are you going to do a roundup? Because, you know, the optics of a roundup are going to be terrible. You can do optional buybacks, but that's not going to get them all. You go ahead and stop the sale of them, but they're still going to change hands. 
they're just gonna go you know down to the next of kin maybe i mean is that a better system i'm not i'm not sure that i like that better it's just a hard issue because like i said they're already here and there's there's really just a a bunch of bad options you know yeah i absolutely don't endorse any sort of uh gun roundup we saw in australia when they took away the guns after port arthur and I, i believe they took all the guns after port arthur you saw that they had the buyback. I think the buyback system works somewhat effectively. I mean, if you take a couple thousand out of circulation, I mean, that still does some good. You know, I, I wouldn't want anything radical like, you know, opening doors and checking for things like that, confiscating them. I, I, I don't agree with that logic whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think a lot of us agree that if we could just snap our fingers and make them go away, that's what we'd like to do. But I do think that they legislated it correctly, you know, setting it so up. Jared, can I set. just go ahead? Can I just ask you, so you are a firm believer in the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. Why do you support the machine gun ban? Why do I support the machine gun ban? Well, first, uh, you know, I think that people need to be able to stand up to their government. And I like to live in a country uh, where people have that the government has to keep that in mind. That, you know, maybe maybe Nazism wouldn't get off the ground in America, because if you tried to round up too many of us, there's more guns than people in this country. And you said earlier that if the government's kicking down the door, there's not a lot you can do. But, you know, I I have to respectfully disagree. Um, Our, uh, you know, our military and police system are not very good at dealing with guerrilla forces. And and we know that in the military. I mean, uh, look at Iraq and Afghanistan or, you know, take a look at Vietnam. It's it's a very difficult situation. And and I like to live in a country where it's hard to fathom that somebody's going to come kick in the American door and, and try and occupy us, as an example, in a hundred years or a thousand years even, because because we protect ourselves. Or where are, you know, everybody's so worried about Donald Trump, but, you know, what's Donald Trump going to do? Is he going to, he's going to take out Chicago? You know, good luck. All I'm saying is good luck, <laughs> you know. Um, Wouldn't make it through the backwoods of Alabama either. Yeah, you know, I'm a I was a proud marine, but if they told me, you know, uh we're we're going to Chicago and we're 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 taking them, we're taking full control over that city and subjugating it and whatever, I'd be like, "Oh, uh-oh." <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like even if I was in politically, I would still be like, "Oh, that's a that's a lot of armed yeah. folks there, yeah. you know." And they all look the same as everybody else, you know, how do I know? But you do support the existing ban on machine guns. The, the existing machine gun ban, I do. Because uh, I just don't think it's necessary. You know, I, I mean, I just don't think that they're super useful weapon systems. The way that they work in a Marine Corps fire team is, is one guy has a machine gun and its function is just to keep the enemy's head down. You know, you're not... Cover fire. Yeah, you're not... What The enemy's going to be out in, in big long lines. I mean, it works that way in ambushes and it can be used against us sometimes that way. But it's not a terribly useful weapon system. Uh... And, and it can be used in a way that's devastating to a crowd of innocent people. Uh, but in a actual situation, an actual uh, any kind of situation, it, it's just not super useful. When it's, when it's me versus you, it's not a terribly u- useful weapon system, I guess is what I'm trying to say. No, when it's me versus you or an actual combat situation where people aren't standing shoulder to shoulder, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's not a useful weapon for something like that. So again, I just... I don't see the sense of having it in the home. I don't understand the logic. I understand defending yourself against the government, but... Yeah, and I do believe in that. I wouldn't change the existing legislation. Yeah, I believe that we do need to be able to stand up the government, but I think that we can do it just fine with semi-automatic weapons, and we don't need anything fully automatic. And I think that the... Like like an RPG, um, the capacity for harm is a lot more than the capacity for us being able to use it in a good way for a situation that may never come, you know? It may never come up. It may never be necessary for Americans to defend themselves. So it's just hard for me to justify 
you know, there's got to be limits. You know, you can't give a, a Davy Crockett out, you know, and sell it on the on the at Walmart. You know what a Davy Crockett is? No, I don't know what a Davy Crockett is. A Davy Crockett is a handheld nuclear bomb. It's like a big bazooka, but it shoots a nuke. That sounds horrendous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Its max effective range for the radiation is longer than its range. So if you shoot it, you're probably going to get cancer at least. At a, at a minimum, I would guess, or, you know, like a third arm. So how can we prevent... You can't prevent it. We can't prevent mass shootings. Um, as That's proven. You can't stop them entirely. But what can we do to reduce our number? Is there anything? To reduce yep. our number? I don't know. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough, man. It's, it's a double-edged sword. I, I, I'd like to say that... There are things we could do to improve mental health and how we diagnose mental health in this country. You know, maybe not vilifying it as much or just over-medicating the problem and hoping that it would go away. I, I think there are strides we need to look at in how we how we handle mental health in this country. But, you know, at the end of the day, I recognize, too, that not every psychopath is going to get the help they need and that some people are beyond reform and beyond help. I've had counseling over the years, and I never responded well to it either. So I'm not saying that it's a, a slam-dunk solution, but it, it's something that I would look for sure. For starters, I don't think you need to take all the guns away. I, I don't think anything like that, but I think you should try to do some damage control. No illegal weapon modifications, no automatic weapons. I, I would just, I would, I would leave it at that. I got you. It's hard because of this most recent one, you know, and that's that's where my mind goes to is, is how could we have prevented this last one uh, with Stephen Paddock? And I'm, I'm just saying, man, guy, guy's a net, net worth of $2 million. I mean, if Stephen Paddock would have happened anywhere, really... You know, if he was in Australia or the United Kingdom or France or Germany and he had $2 million and was going to throw his life at this crazy massacre for whatever reason, you know, it, it, it's hard to imagine that we ever could have stopped this one from happening. So so it's hard for me to think, like, what could we do differently? Because, like I said, everything that I'm thinking is, would that have stopped Stephen Paddock? And, and the answer is probably not. No, I, I would agree with that. I mean, when, when you have $2 million to throw at out of anything you're probably probably gonna accomplish it you could probably make it work i would imagine but even still like like what about for like stockpiling arms in the way he did his friends and family and again friends and family don't necessarily mean a lot in these they always say i never expect suspected it um he was never this or he was never that no one would ever know so you always hear that when these things happen but at the end of the day if somebody has 23 guns i'm not saying you can't have 23 guns over your lifetime i'm just saying i i, I would imagine they were bought relatively closely spaced together i believe the arms were bought legally i mean at some point do you, do you just check in is there a way without being too big brother where you say hey you know what i mean you've been stockpiling arms for the last 90 days what's up yeah, and I think I think those those are already in place. I do. I think that those are already thing, and it should have red flagged. But I think what he did, well, I know what he did is he, is he bought his weapons in multiple states. He was kind of a wanderer, so he accumulated all those those weapon systems. But he did it across multiple states, and sometimes you know the federal government has you know the entire United States of America on its plate. So of course it's going to delegate down to the states. And, and the states don't talk to each other as well as they, maybe they should. And that's not an indictment of law enforcement. You know, you're, you're the California state police and you're trying to monitor, you know, probably, uh, I don't know, at least a thousand people of interest. And, you know, this one guy buys five guns who's a millionaire. And what do you care? You know, and, and you're not going to go ask Colorado or um, Nevada if, if, you know, this one guy got five guns there too. You know what I'm saying? Um 
but shouldn't be there be a way with technology to figure out you know what i mean like it doesn't have to be that difficult where law enforcement has to interact with with things there should be again it's getting it back to a registry so maybe that is too big brother like on a national scale i mean there should just be something where you you know steven paddock purchased here purchased there purchased there you know that's x number of purchases over a very short timeline let's let's stop in yeah, and, and I know they do have technology like that for the war on drugs, mm-hmm. uh, because I've I've heard I had a good friend who um, got in trouble for buying Nyquil in too many states. <laughs> so, no, they have a they have a registry where like buying things like that or Sudafed is one of the things that people were getting high on. So they were required, and I I've heard it not necessarily across state lines, but across town and municipal lines where there's just a thing that pings, like buying Sudafed, that's that's a beautiful way to put it. But I'm just saying, if we can track something like that without it being too invasive to people who actually are following the laws, you know, if you have a cold, you need Sudafed, you go in there, you get it, great. Um, you know, but if you're traveling from place to place to place, you're probably using it to get high, right? Yeah, and I'm not I'm not saying that you're wrong. You're, you're 100% right. I totally agree. I'm just trying to sort of explain, you know, it's, it's not as simple. It, it, there's a lot that goes into it and, and and that works needs to be done but i can see how it could have slipped through the cracks especially if he's a multi-millionaire traveling around buying guns in all kinds of different states you know and i believe if i was a multi-millionaire i could probably cover my tracks if i wanted to as well or if i needed to you know so i get yeah it. and there are things i think that can be done i mean i think that you hit on the big one with mental health i think another one uh that i heard recently that kind of made me think is is improving childhoods uh, believe it or not, but that's that's about as long game as you can get. It's hard though. It's it's hard to say, you know, what could stop these people because it, it's hard to fathom, you know, what possesses a human being uh, to do something like that. Um, so I'm I'm not completely sure what the situation is, and 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 this one especially is is, is I think super frustrating because there's so many unanswered questions and weirdness. You know, what's his motive, and where did he get his training, and what's going on? You know. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely that there's a lot of questions. I don't I don't fall prey too much. I truly believe that usually the simplest answer is more likely the truth. You know, people draw all these really weird parallels with this and with other incidents and uh, again, Jared, you know me, I'm a I'm very anti-conspiracy theory. Um like I said, I just I truly believe that there's sick and deranged and helpless people in this world and sometimes the things they do just don't make sense. They don't have much of a reason whether it was a gambling debt, whether it was this or that. I mean, you have people standing shoulder to shoulder. You have access to this weaponry. I, I, I'm sure it was planned. I'm sure it was all of that meticulously. But, you know, he picked a location. He picked a spot. And that's where he felt he could do the most damage. I, to me, I think the truth is simpler than some people are stretching it out to be. See, I think um, I think there's got to be a motive. There's got to be a reason why he did what he did. Uh, so it's hard for me to just imagine that it was a gambling debt. I mean, that's just so weird to me. Um, you know, that he snapped, but this is just so premeditated you know, I actually, and, you know, this is the conspiracy theorist in me talking, and, uh, you know, you guys can skip this part of the episode if you don't want to hear my deranged theory, but, um, you know, I think that there was something weird about how quickly and how vehemently we dismissed ISIS when they said they were responsible, uh, and then we said that they have a history of taking um, credit for attacks that they didn't do, which which really isn't true. I just think that that was, that was very strange, and then I also think that it's strange He's got all these weird connections with the Philippines. He sent a bunch of money over to the Philippines. And Philippines has actually had a lot of problems with ISIS. And there's a huge ISIS population in the Philippines. 
And again, nobody even nobody even really mentioned that. You know, just I think three or four months ago, they were sending in the Filipino special forces to take back a huge chunk of land that ISIS had taken over. And nobody even mentioned it. And I think if he had sent $10,000 to Saudi Arabia, you know, a lot of people would have really looked at that as a red flag. I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of weirdness in how everything was reported, especially on that ISIS angle. What do you think of that? Oh, I will give you... I don't agree with you at all. Uh, Didn't he have a girlfriend that was from the Philippines? (laughs) Right, so usually the truth is simpler. To me, to me at least. I'm not saying that I have this profound knowledge. While I don't agree with you, it's easier for me to digest that line of thinking than it is the alternative from what I've seen from people is thinking that it's a false flag attack, it's an attempt to round up guns, it's this, it's that. I'm so tired of hearing every time we have a mass shooting that... It's a false flag attack. Do I think our government does terrible things? Absolutely. But if you were going to stage a false flag attack, maybe doing it, you know, you'd, you'd wait till after the Republicans didn't have control of the the White House, the Congress, the Senate, you'd, the, the Supreme Court. You'd wait for a time where the legislation could actually get passed. Why would you why would you waste that false flag attack? You know what I mean? Like, so to me, it doesn't. And same thing when Sandy Hook, oh, it's just an attempt. And, you know, people lost their children. And it, to me, it's. That's the most callous and heartless way to go about it, and I just I I don't vibe with the false flag attack um, conspiracy theorists. Those people I, I can't I can't vibe with. So yeah, if it came out and they could find a direct link to uh, to ISIS, I, I'd probably be more apt to believe that. But uh, false flag attacks. I mean, you'd have to give me really really compelling evidence to change my mind on that. I absolutely don't think that's the case. Yeah. Well, um, you know, back to the ISIS and you said the simplest solution, you know, you know, how simple is it that, you know, ISIS came out, said it was him, said that that's what happened, that they're just not lying. I mean, that's pretty simple. But as as far as that goes, I think that that really isn't that isn't that hard. And I also think that, um, you know, there's motive in not saying that it was an ISIS attack from the government. But then there is also, you know, that bank account. We just need to look and we need to see you know, what's it being used for? You know, I, I just, like I said, there's weirdness. You know, what's going on with that bank account? Whose bank account is it? Because it, no, I haven't heard read anywhere that it was hers, that it was his girlfriend's. I mean, that's what people assume, but n- nobody's confirmed it. Uh, we can't get a warrant. I mean, we don't have bad relations with the Philippines, so I think we'd be able to figure that out. Uh, but I'm not saying it's a false flag attack. That would just be a terrorist attack. Um, as far as the false flag goes, I mean, I... I'm, I'm with you. I think that, it, uh, you know, I always take a look at it with an open mind, but I have a hard time imagining that there's like this shadowy cabal of Democrats in the government who put together this mass shooting uh, unbeknownst to the Trump administration and, you know, completely pulled it off. And they, that put together all of them, that put together all of the mass shootings. Yeah. To push an anti-gun yeah. agenda. And yeah. like the CIA <laughs> doesn't know and... You know, nobody can figure it out and, and still, you know, they, they pull that off, but then they, they can't do anything about actually passing the laws afterwards. Um, right. That's what I mean. I, I, I just pick a better time. Yeah, I don't know if it, that's yeah. if that's the angle I had if I planned it and planted this much stuff. I mean, I, I just pick a different time. Yeah. Or you could just pass gun control laws if you're that passionate about it when you have full control of the House, Senate and Congress, which they have in the last, you know, even in the last 10 years. So. This is it seems a little little far fetched for me to believe that it was some kind of crazy false flag attack. And and I'm not even sure that I that I believe that it's an ISIS attack just because I feel like if it was an ISIS attack, the motive would be more clear and we wouldn't just so easily be able to dismiss it. But I just think that it's also strange. Everybody's kind of reaction to it I thought was a little bit off, if you know what I'm saying. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I think that there may be more to the story. I personally believe that it's simpler. But again, if you showed me compelling evidence and it were to turn up, you know, I mean, 90 days from now, we'll probably have a lot more evidence and I may have a different opinion. But as of right now, I just I, I believe in the simplicity. And you're right. But I also think, you know, as far as the simplicity goes, I mean, this dude had training. This dude knew what he was doing in ways that me as a infantry, I wouldn't even know. I mean, the guy had um, shooting calculations. You know, I've heard about them before, but I've, I've never done one. Nobody's ever showed me how. Guy had security cameras set up so he could watch outside of his room, and he popped a security guard in the leg through the door using the camera. I, I couldn't do that. Oh, I, I don't even know where you would learn how to do that. Modifying weapons? I mean, I don't know where he learned to do that. That's not common knowledge, or at least wasn't before this all happened. I mean, where did this guy get his training from? Where did he learn all this stuff? No, I mean, it, it, it's a fair question, but again, we, we harken back to the $2 million. If I had $2 million and a seemingly infinite amount of time in front of me to, to plan and coordinate something like this, you know, I, I think that you could. Uh, I mean, that or he was going down to the Philippines and getting trained by ISIS firsthand. I mean, you never know, I guess, but um, like I said, I just have to see more of an evidence trail to, to buy that, I guess. Hmm. I mean, I think he, he must have been trained by someone. Someone trained him to do this. And, and maybe the ISIS thing is a little bit ridiculous, but, you know, I, there's got to be somebody. You don't just learn how to do this on your own, in my opinion. I mean, I guess maybe you could. I used YouTube tutorials to teach me how to do a brake jobs on my car. I made a metal foundry. Um, so I guess, I mean, you could learn that stuff if you really wanted to, but it just seems absolutely insane to me that some guy with no military experience just did this all by himself without anybody kind of coaching him along you know no and i think that's a fair point you know like i said i i just like to see where the trail is before jumping to conclusions and i think that's why we keep waiting and waiting and waiting to do this uh it's just tough like i said it's tough i I try to have as much of the facts ahead of me but i i will admit in the almost three weeks of researching this and trying to figure out when the right time to to discuss it is um the details are just as murky as they were the day of the shooting so you know we've combed through articles and tried to find statistics and uh just more information for you guys and it's it's not easy to find i guess yeah that's absolutely true it's very difficult you could believe any one of the theories be it false flag be it isis be it deranged millionaire who snapped you could believe any one of these theories if you just follow the right amount of online threads and garbage and non source material i mean you could find that and you could believe whatever you wanted to believe and i think that's what happens with people is they just push a narrative that they they want you believe a story to be true and it becomes true but uh actually substantiating it and backing it up with stuff nobody has the answers right now unfortunately yeah absolutely not and um and they are going the conspiracy theories are going and as to those false flag attacks i mean it's just i i really just don't like that at all i love the conspiracy theories but like like with newtown some of those parents were getting death threats yeah um, Alex Jones, as a human being, should have stood up and said, all right, guys, enough is enough. We need to stop tormenting these people. When he found out that the flying monkeys that he sent were giving death threats to these people. I mean, how do you look in the mirror? You know, that's insane to me that these these people who lost their kids are getting death threats because they thought that they were part of a big conspiracy to take guns away. That's nonsense. The psyche of it, Jared, and like I said, the scary and the alarming part is to these people who are sending these death threats and, and who are doing all of that, they're not sending it to people or parents. To them, to them mentally, they're sending it to these so-called crisis actors yeah. and actresses. And, it's, yeah. and that's how they, they, they rationalize it in their minds. And I'm, 
I, like I said, I'm sorry, man. I, I would lose my mind if I was sent something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd be on here and I would be begging. <laughs> Not that our wonderful audience would ever do something so terrible. But I would be begging the audience, stop. It was. It's not right. true. I just made that up. It's, it's just, just stop tormenting these poor people. I mean, how do you sleep with yourself? You don't buy into the crisis actors either? No. I no, I don't. It's just too much. <laughs> It's too it's much. It's so heavily orchestrated. And I, the federal government can't get a website for healthcare correct, right? They, you know, politicians and Democrats, high-ranking Democrats, right? They can't cover up collusion in the Democratic National Convention, but they can orchestrate these false flag attacks mm-hmm. all over the nation. You know, it's, it's one thing or it's the other. Either they're grossly inept and cannot function or do their jobs, or they're this highly sophisticated network that can cover up all of their tracks and <laughs> I, I don't know i just i don't know how you follow that train of thought i'm i'm struggling to even rationalize it and play devil's advocate yeah well i mean i i could believe it if you had the proof but extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence and i hate to say it but some pretty broad uh some pretty brunette screaming at the top of her lungs and crying in two different pictures with the words next to them oh this is this tragedy this is this other tragedy that that is not proof i that's not proof you know you need to show me documents okay because because if this was happening there would be documents people would come out and say something i mean i don't know the level of um just the sheer level of conspiracy that would be needed is it's it's very hard to fathom that they could do this over and over in Newtown and Orlando uh, in in Las Vegas. And um, nobody in, in all those huge events was like, yo, <laughs> you know, I'm going to be the one that breaks the biggest story of all time and goes down in history. You know what I'm saying? Do you know what the saying is, right? You know how two people keep a secret? One's dead. One is dead. I mean, you're asking how many people to keep this the secret. I mean, it's, you know, how many crisis actors, how many people are you staging? And I'm sorry, I just, I, I don't buy it for a second. All I'm saying is if I'm one of these crisis actors, I'm going to get proof and I'm going to show everybody and they can't do anything about it. I'm going to write books and I'm going to be rich and famous and this is going to be a very popular podcast going forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would be gone. I would be gone with yeah, the wind. I would be letting everybody know. You know, Fox News. I'll call them right up. That's fine. You know, even if you believe that CNN wouldn't report it, Fox would. You know, of course they would, and they'd pay a premium for it. That's right. And I would get, I would get book deals. And yeah, no, it's crazy to me. If no one else, TMZ always gets the story. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, if TMZ doesn't have it, I mean, they seem to be in the middle of where all of the crap is. So if TMZ can't find it and find the person and track it down, then I don't buy it. Be like, yo, Breitbart. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Psst, I got the scoop for you. Exactly. You, uh, you want to take a break? Yeah, you try to take a break. All right. So today is the big day, Mike. The unaffiliated politics watchers have demanded it so we are finally doing it we are getting into the digital coin market we are coming up with our own coin the up coin what do you have to say mike first of all i have a question do we have watchers or listeners jared uh i I guess you're watching something while you're listening so you might be you might be all right That's, (laughs) that's fair enough all right now i am absolutely stoked and uh i've heard a little bit about Bitcoin, how is this different or the same as uh, Bitcoin, Jared? Will I be rich? Okay, so what this is going to be, I just Googled Bitcoin, so I'm going to be able to use some big words. You ready? All right. 
This is going to be a decentralized digital currency system that works without a central banking system. Uh, so essentially, what we're going to do is, is right now, Bitcoin, a Bitcoin apparently costs $6,000 for some reason. I don't really understand why. Because it's not backed by anything. But um, Well, neither is our money but anymore. But Bitcoin goes for... Yeah, I guess that's true and terrifying yeah. all at the same time. Go huh? ahead. <laughs> but... Um, so, so our our money. Oh, I thought you, you mean you mean our money, like uh, like the UP money, or um. No, our money is absolutely up. Money is backed. I mean, the U.S. currency is not at yeah, all backed. No, I didn't realize. Anymore. Yeah, neither of them are actually backed by anything. But we'll get to that. <laughs> um, so, so the Bitcoin right now, Bitcoin is six thousand dollars for a coin. So now. Mike and I are going to go ahead and, and we're real conservative about this. So we're going to start at $3,000 a coin. So we're going to design a really fancy coin in Microsoft Word or in uh, Microsoft Paint and save that and we will send it to you. And then you can send it back to us for your money back. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Um, what do you think, Mike? Are you in or are you in? Now, do I have to buy the coin, or are people buying the coins and giving us the money? Yeah, you can't see it, but I'm going to wink when I say this, okay? Yeah, Mike, me and you are going to buy a whole bunch of them. Wink. Oh, yes, of course. That's how it gets backed, because we're such wealthy donors. Yes. yes. Um, we we'll use our absolute... podcast money to back it. Yeah, all the money we've made from advertising <laughs> slots and the great products yeah. that we plug. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm 100% for that, Jared. Uh, I think we'll be rich very soon. Yeah, almost. More rich than we are now. Yeah. Definitely, definitely more rich than we are now. But uh, yeah, the bitcoins. You know, we're gonna we're gonna copy that. It's gonna be a great business model. It's the new bitcoin, the upcoin. Watch for it. Well, let's be honest. People don't like banks anyway. So um, we're decentralizing the bank system, whatever that means. To me, it sounds like less banks. So uh, why wouldn't you endorse it? Mm -hmm. It's a cryptocurrency. That's a word that came up on my Google search. <laughs> somebody's gonna be sitting at home watching listening to this all mad like obviously you don't understand what a cryptocurrency is and uh, that's not how that works jared and i, and I guess uh, my response to that person is yeah yeah it is probably pretty obvious <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it congratulations you astute listener you yeah yeah so uh you know it is what it is good for you man but all right moving forward <laughs> to uh into the protest do you want to get us started on the kind of protest scene with you know the nfl and i'm not sure what it is that people are having such a hard time about with the nfl i guess mm -hmm. um again i'm gonna liken it back to some people and i hear people say this all the time we shouldn't be taking advice from these people or we don't need we just want them to play a sport we just want them to do this or we just want them to do that but you know we have no problem buying the products that they sell on commercials or utilizing them or their image or their persona to sell products and market products to us. People spend all kinds of money on these season tickets, these jerseys, all of the memorabilia. So we can utilize them for that, but they can't have their own personal ideas or opinions or anything of that nature. Now, um, that hurricane that hit Texas, was that Harvey? Uh, yeah, Harvey hit Texas. Harvey. Um, one of the football players, J.J. Watt, raised pretty darn close to 30 million dollars using his image and his persona to do something that was good ultimately i mean oh should he sit down and shut up and stick into just football and only play football or, or can he use that platform for something that he believes in and that something is a good cause now again you might not believe that the kneeling for the protest actually accomplishes anything or 
that it makes a difference or that it's directly disrespectful to soldiers. And yes, I agree that that's a debate that we can have. And I, I can see how it is disrespectful if I were a professional player. While I agree with some of the cause and some of the movement, I would stand with my hand over my heart and you know, I absolutely wouldn't take a knee. But I can understand why people would. At the end of the day, I mean, this is, this is a free country. You do have that right to protest. You have that right. I don't know what the debate is or, or what the major issue is. If you don't like it, shut it off, I guess, right? Yeah, and that's fair enough. I mean, um, it is kind of a, it's an interesting issue for sure. I think that this particular protest to me is, I like it a lot more than I like the Antifa protests. I mean, they're not protesting violently. Um, you know, and a lot of people like to tell me how I should feel about it, which I, I don't like that, just me being me. Um, they say, you know, as a veteran, you shouldn't like it because he's disrespecting you by not standing for the national anthem, or they're not. Uh, but, you know, uh, Colin... Kaepernick, is that how you say it? Colin Kaepernick, yep. Yeah, he, he actually met up with like a, a couple of veterans and talked to him about it. And he was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to disrespect you guys. Uh, what can I do differently to show that I'm not being disrespectful to you guys specifically? Well, because he was sitting on the bench at first. He wasn't even standing up or kneeling or any of that. He was just aloof and sitting on the bench. So that's why he spoke with the veterans. Yeah. So he, that was offensive. Yeah. And, and I'm not sensitive. You know, I'm not a sensitive guy. It's hard to offend me. Um, and, and maybe, maybe I would have been a little bit offended by the sitting on the bench thing, but it, it, he went out of his way, met with some veterans and he said, what can I do to make this protest to convince you that this protest isn't about you? And they said, kneel instead of sit. And then he kneeled instead of sat. I mean, that's fine with me. I mean, what more could I ask? You know, that's uh, that's fine. You know, he's trying to make a point. Uh, but then at the same time, you know, other people want to tell me that, um, you know, I should support the protests because, you know, that's what we fought for is, is for the freedom of speech and that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'd agree with that if, if people were talking about arresting him. But, um, you know, freedom of speech doesn't apply at work. That's just that's how life is, man. I mean, you. You do something that ends up costing your company money. You know, you make a, a dumb comment on social media, and maybe uh, maybe you lose your job. It is what it is. You know, um, it's us. We both worked retail at some point. We know free speech doesn't apply there, and especially not with customers. You'd never have a successful business that way. No, no, no. Yeah, it doesn't apply at all. Um, so you know, I'd hate I hate that he's not playing this year. Um, be just because I feel like it. You know, kind of makes everybody look petty and silly. Um. But I understand that if it comes from an economic point of view, if it was because, okay, ratings really dropped because of what he did, um, got to throw him out. And, and, you know, even if somebody was doing something similar, you know, uh, doing something similar that I agreed with, like big time, like, uh, you know, they were, I don't know, doing something to be pro-gun rights during the NFL, and then a bunch of people stopped watching it because of it, and they were like, okay, economically speaking, we got to fire him. You know, I understand having to make that choice, you know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, we had this debate never, never on this, but we had this debate when that guy Donald Sterling lost his NBA team um, because he got caught on tape and it, granted he was in the privacy of his own home, but he got caught and it damaged the brand. Ultimately, it wasn't, you know, they made, forced him to sell his team and poor guy made out with a couple billion dollars. You know, it wasn't like he got taken to the cleaners. Yeah. yeah what a tragedy. He had to sell the team and earn a bunch of money for it. But no, um, they, they did force him out and you can feel how you feel about it. But you know, they were protecting their brand. That's what the NFL does have the right to do as well. Yeah, any any company is going to do that. Any company in any contract, every listener, I promise you, there's a clause in your contract that says if you do something that makes the company look bad, they have the right to throw you out. Throw you right out the door. 
It just is what it is. Every company has that. You have to have that to be able to ba- watch your back. Because what if you hire somebody and they're, they're a Nazi or something, you know? You don't want to have to, like, continue to employ a Nazi as your receptionist if they got a swastika tattooed on their forehead. It's just, it is what it is. You know, freedom of speech only goes so far. Right. And I'm, and that's that's an extreme example, you know? And that's I'm not trying to say that this is anything near that. But, you know, it, it just is what it is, you know? It's, um... It's unfortunate, but that's how that's how it is. It's got to be that way because, you know, humans are imperfect creatures, I guess. So basically, to sum up the NFL, I think it's a lot simpler than people make it out to be. At the end of the day, Colin has a right to stand, sit, kneel, do whatever he wants to do. But again, at the end of the day, the NFL and the owners and uh, the people who employ him have the right not to hire him either. Um, you essentially make yourself unhirable to an extent. And I'm not saying whether it's fair or it's not fair. I don't I don't think there's any egregious wrongdoing on either side. I don't think what the NFL is doing is wrong. And I don't think what Colin or, or the other players are doing is wrong. I, I respect them using their platform. But you got to know if you jump out on the limb that far and, you know, your company starts to lose some money, that's they're not going to tolerate it. Every place I've ever worked has been like that. You know, I started a small business with my brother and same thing. That's something that we wrote in the language on there. If you do anything to damage the Patriot Solar brand, then that's it. You're out. You know, whether on social media, that's it. It's not a debate. I'm not a bad employer for that. Like, I just, if you damage my brand, you're out. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, um, in kind of the defense of the conservative side, now, uh, there's a lot of patriotism on this side of the aisle, you know? And and I will admit, as as just who I am, you know, I have a certain bias when it comes to America. You know, I you wrap anything in a flag and I'm going to like it. Uh, so you go. Here's an example for you. Say, say you came up to me and you said, um, you know, America is the worst country in the world. I hate it here, and we need to redistribute the wealth from the rich to the poor because this country sucks. My, you know, my response would be is, I don't care what you think. You're stupid. Get away from me. I don't, I don't want to talk to you. You know, I have no interest in that conversation. You, you started at a point that I'm never going to come reach you at, right? But then on the flip side, if you came to me and you said. America is just the best country in the entire world. I love it here. I love this country so much, um, but I'm worried about its future. And I think the most American thing that we can do is to redistribute the wealth from the rich to the poor. Uh, And that would make this wonderful nation even better. You know, you're going to still have a hard sell in getting me to your side. But I'll at least say, all right, well, you know, explain, you know, what's, what's your perspective? You know, I... I'm far more likely to listen to what you have to say in the second scenario than I would be in the first. And I just think, you know, anytime that a protest is just has the appearance of being anti-American, you know, it kind of turns people off. It is what it is. All right, Jared, let's let's just take a hypothetical here because I do understand biases and I understand how they work. I've explained them uh, with my guns. But let's let's flip the situation. Right. Let's let's go back to President Obama. Right. Let's say that he was leaning on the Marvel movies because he didn't like political uh, political protests that the actors who were involved in making it were doing. And he called on liberals to boycott the movies and not watch them or not do anything like that. How would you feel in that scenario? <laughs> that's, a, that's a low blow and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> you still have to watch the movie, right? You have to know. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I would be absolutely furious. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's the same thing. So with Trump leaning on the NFL, I don't think Trump should be exerting i i think trump is the only one wrong in all of this and he actually exacerbated you had more people kneel after his twitter storm or or not leave the locker room and you had owners standing and 
and doing all that with the players. Um, Trump is the only one I think who should just stay silent or at least off Twitter on the issue because all he did was stir the pot. <laughs> and same way, you wouldn't want Obama involved in weighing in on Marvel movies either. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's a fair point. I would not like that. And uh, and and I agree. I don't. I don't really understand why he felt the need to get involved in this one. I don't know. I don't understand why he does a lot of what he does, though. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to touch that any further. I think we could just leave it there. All right, Jared. So I guess we both feel pretty similar to the NFL. Maybe you have less strong feelings because you don't actually watch the NFL. But I think for a lot of people, it was a hot button. And to me, as somebody who still watches it and will continue to watch it, I understand both sides of the argument. And uh, I, again, I just don't understand why it's such a firestorm. The issue that I do take with the whole setup there is people dictating what is or is not the correct form of protest. Um, You know, we have our First Amendment rights and we have talked about, you know, freedom of speech. I mean, I I can say what I can say without damaging a brand or whatever. But but I think you can't tell people what they can and can't do to protest. I think the only disclaimer that I would put on it is uh, I don't think it's ever acceptable to picket a funeral Westboro Baptist Church. I'm talking directly to you. Uh, I, I think that's about where I draw my line with protesting. I don't think that's ever acceptable, uh, not for grieving families, uh, not anything like that. But, you know, at a, at a sporting event, who cares? You know, they'll either keep their job or they won't. Um, you know, if people want to picket Wall Street, as long as they're not blocking traffic or violating any other laws, I don't see what the issue is with protests and why people get so offended that people would even have the gall to do it. Uh, to me, there's nothing more. I mean, we're founded on, on the Tea Party. You know, <laughs> protest is is at American lore and, and history and culture. And I just, I don't, I, I don't get the issue that people have with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Um, you know, there's there's little this and that's that we can really get into the weeds with. Like, should they be able to cover their faces while they protest? And, you know, certainly uh, violent protests, I don't think, are ever justified. And, you know, when it starts nearing a riot. Yeah. Well, that's a riot. A violent, pro- yeah, a violent yeah. protest is a riot um, to me. But there can be, you know moments you know there 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 it isn't like a a sharp line you know it's not a a protest and then somebody throws a rock at a cop you know from halfway across the the protest and then the cops can you know go full riot gear and arrest everybody you know there's there's a point you know where where it goes from one to the other and i don't know if it's as well defined uh but i do think that you're right i mean i'm absolutely for it i mean protest all day doesn't matter to me uh but Again, as far as the constitutional rights go, though, uh, your protest rights only go as far as the government doesn't arrest you for it. Uh, and as long as people aren't being roped up. That's, I think, the best way I've heard it said is, you know, I mean, you, you should have the right to not be arrested for protesting, but you should have no reasonable expectation that you can keep your job. And I'm not saying that you should be fired for protesting, but if it's something egregious, you get caught on you know camera and then you're on tv and people are like oh this guy works for this then you know the company has to deal with that you can't damage the brand and you have to understand that that when you put yourself in that position maybe you do want to wear a mask in that situation i'm not i'm not sure um wear makeup i i i don't know what the protocol is but here's an idea if you're yeah if your ideals are so vile that you think that you have to wear a mask uh in order to not get fired because people might find out about your vile ideas Maybe you're at the wrong protest. Maybe you should take a minute to reevaluate. I don't know. Maybe maybe you should talk talk your your stances through with a good friend of yours um, and make sure or that you, a psychiatrist. Yes, exactly. More than likely a psychiatrist. Um, absolutely. But no, I mean you you just you should you should have that expectation that hey man I I really could 
get in trouble for this or this could really reflect poorly or I should choose my words more carefully or I should make sure I'm aware of what I'm protesting, I guess. Because um, I was very for the uh, Wall Street protest that Occupy Wall Street. I believed in the cause. I can't stand Wall Street. But um, every idiot they put a microphone in front of had no idea what the cause was. They just they just absolutely destroyed it. Every person who got a mic in front of them said something stupid. Maybe that's because it sells better for the media, but uh, it's just awful. Be aware. Make sure your cause is worthwhile, and that when you get in front of a hot mic, that you, you say something that's that that makes people think differently. Um, but you shouldn't you should never be arrested for it. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I definitely wouldn't agree with any kind of law enforcement with it. Um, and I think that. Um but it is unfortunate with uh, with Kaepernick because I really don't think that what he did was so vile that he deserved to lose his job over. But, you know, I think that also he's in a special situation because he's so famous. You know, I don't think that, um, you know, any regular schmo has to worry about kneeling during the national anthem and losing their job. Um, it's just unfortunate that it, that it all went down that way because it, it ended up looking petty and all more dis- divisive and people are more angry than I think that they needed to be. And that's 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 some. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think he had some talent, and I, I thought he was a, a a decent football player. I don't think he was one of the best, but part of his, he went to an NFC Championship game. He he had some some decent accomplishments in the game. wasn't an all time great, but that's kind of what made it. Uh, if he was a bench player or a reserve player um, who who took an E or sat on the bench, probably wouldn't have gotten as much airtime. He's an unfortunate casualty of the league for that. I think he still does deserve a job. But uh, ultimately, it's at the NFL's discretion. If an owner doesn't want to hire him, I don't think that they're they're colluding against him. I don't think they're doing anything wrong there. I did try to look that up if he was a good football player or not, and I really couldn't find anything. Well, it's not that I couldn't find it, but it's one of those things where you find so much. You find too much almost. Like everybody's got an opinion, and they're all it's, different. So you'd think that he was a decent player. His first year in the league, he was uh, very good. He, he led them into uh, pretty close to the championship game, the final championship game. Uh, he broke a couple of playoff records for rushing yards and, and did some things like that. Um, he struggled a little bit in his middle seasons after that. Had a decent season last year. So, you know, again, middling talent. Showed some flashes of great potential, but was never never elite. He's not Tom Brady. He's not, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I know these names mean nothing to you, Jared. But uh, some people are. listening think. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, so you didn't know who he was before this. So he wasn't quite that level. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. Um, but you you know, he probably would have at least been able to, you know, if he was willing to suck up a bad salary, he should have at least been able to find himself as like a second string quarterback for some bigger team. Dude, there are teams that have lost quarterbacks left and right and have started way worse quarterbacks than Colin Kaepernick is all across the league. Uh, the year that this year they're talking about all of the bad quarterback play that there is. He should have a job somewhere. Yeah, you think so? Okay. Uh, and I, I'll take you at your word, you know, it's just, it's so hard, I think, to find information at this point, you know, like, uh. I was also trying to figure out if the ratings are being affected by the protest. And, you know, again, you know, it's like one one will say, oh, yeah, the ratings are down. Ratings are down. The ratings are down. They were already were down. If you think they're down because of the protest, you're stupid. And it's like, oh, well, you know, the next one is, yeah, of course they're down because of the protest. And, you know, it's just hard. You know, it's just hard to know what's going on when everybody's got a different opinion. And there doesn't seem to be any, any kind of real consensus. Well, I'm going to throw my opinion in there, and I always think uh, I'm, I'm going to go back to the simple as the easiest way. About three years ago, the NFL introduced Thursday night football games. So typically you had Sunday games all day. Games would start at 1 o'clock. They stop at 7, and then you have an evening game, right? You have time to eat. You have time to do all that stuff. And then they'd have one singular game on Monday night. That was it. That was all the football you get. And then on Thanksgiving, on a Thursday, they would have a game. They introduced Thursday night games 
every single week. Sometimes there's one, sometimes there's two. You have to make sure you're ready for it Thursday night. You have to then make sure that you're ready to watch all day Sunday because now they've introduced London games, which start at 9 a.m. So from 9 a.m. to, you know, 9.30 p.m., you have NFL games going on Sunday. And then you have a game or two on Monday as well. It's I think there's some weariness with how spread out the schedule is. That's all that I think it is. People have other stuff they want to do. You also have our generation, Jared, is cutting the cord in left and right course ratings are going to be down we know how to i don't want to say the word illegally stream i'm going to we know how to illegally stream it or just buy the package that it's on or you watch it i watch it at my neighbor's house i don't pay for the nfl i mean the neighbor that lives across the street he gets the games i just go sit there in his bar so again i i just i, I think it's simpler than that i don't think colin kaepernick is the reason that the nfl is losing money yeah and, and i did a little bit of research on it um i listened to some some people talk about it and, uh, you know, somebody also pointed out that there's a lot of African-Americans who are pretty pissed off about how um, Colin Kaepernick got treated. And some of them may be protesting the game, too. Oh, that's something I hadn't um, considered. But, yeah, that's that's also a great point. And then there's the TBI issue. Uh, there was a player just this year, I believe, who uh, was a uh, mathematics major with a doctorate who got a concussion and affected his ability to do math. So he dropped the sport altogether. And that, that caught a lot of eyes. And, and I definitely remember a lot of talk about the NFL and their handling of the concussion issues and how they're being really shady about it. Certainly nobody's talking about it anymore, but, you know, I wonder, could that have affected ratings? I'm not sure. They were down last year, though. We've seen a pretty sharp uptick in, in younger players that are, uh, that, are, that are leaving the league maybe sooner than you would have thought whose bodies you thought would still more or less be in shape, but they're, they're afraid of the head injury or yeah. the trauma. There's younger athletes coming into the league who are on record that just say, hey, look, I'm really in here for that first contract, get in, get out, and then pursue something else. So there are some ramifications there, but people like the violence of the sport. Everything the NFL tries to do to make the game less violent people just stand up and say that's terrible you're ruining the game so i i don't know if that's dropping viewership as much but it, it, it is certainly leading to a decline in, in some of the talent there people moving towards the mma too for that respect yep yep exactly yeah. people love it yeah i'd watch mma before i'd watch football yeah i i i, I prefer it but it's because my team is terrible i'm a miami dolphins fan so uh, yeah. like having a heart attack to watch any game i'd much rather watch mma <laughs> Well, Jared, that's uh, about all I have for the NFL and uh, the Las Vegas shooting at this point. Um, I, I know there's more stuff we wanted to cover, but I think that's going to be a later cast. If you guys are down for hearing about Charlottesville or Antifa, I think we'd like to include that. We just ran a little bit over time today. Um, but yeah, I, I had a great cast. Feels good to be doing this again. So if you enjoyed the show today, uh, feel free to reach us out reach out to us on Facebook.com slash UnaffiliatedPolitics, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we have a Patreon account if you'd like to donate because you know this stuff isn't free. So if you like what you hear, um, any little bit helps. Um, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Have a good night, guys.